Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Good evening, good evening, and a wonderful good evening to you wherever you may be. Oh, what an exciting night. It is yours truly, Ron L. Tate, Senior Leader and Lead Pastor of the Father's House, Frisco, and your host of the Father's Table Podcast. We're so grateful to be back with you after a lengthy sabbatical for me and my family. And what a great night to be back with you. I want to wish you, excuse me, wish you and your family the merriest of Christmas. I pray that you had a wonderful time worshiping our Lord, thanking him for his goodness, for choosing to come for us and a wonderful time with your family, sharing of yourself together. It is December 30th, Thursday. You know, I don't know about you, but around this time of year where we're in between Christmas and New Year's, sometimes you just lose all track of time. No, today is December 29th, not the 30th, Thursday. You lose all track of time, what day of the week because of having days off and all of those things. But I'm so grateful to be with you on this Thursday evening. As I mentioned, we were on a lengthy sabbatical. And just a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> I attempted to do a quick little video. We, we titled these videos Moments with the Father, three, four minute videos on the very thing that I want to discuss tonight. And I did it, but it just didn't seem to flow well because it seemed as if it needed to be longer. I saved it and I attempted to upload the video, but it never uploaded. And I heard the voice of the Lord and he says, I want you to do it in a podcast the last week of the year before New Year's. And of course, my response was yes. And so here we are. And I'm grateful, as I said, to be with you once again. And I'm grateful that those of you are joining us live. And for those of you who will be joining us on replay right before we dive off into what I believe the Lord has for us tonight I want to do uh, give a couple of quick announcements housekeeping and then we can dive into what we have I just want to turn some of my music down a little bit to make sure that you hear me well <clears throat> One, I just wanted to give uh, an announcement. Of course, we are doing our last live podcast of the year and our first one in, in a while this evening. So please, if you're watching on uh, one of our social media <coughs> sites, please share it, like it. That goes a long way. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel, share it. And like it as well. Also, I just wanted you to know, as you, many of you know who are familiar with us and have walked with us for any, any length of time, um, we do go live on our website. We are live there now, but I wanted to make uh, several of you aware 
aware. I'm just checking our other feeds here, making sure we are well. Uh, I wanted to make you aware that we also have a, an app and that app is available. We've had, we've been having a little uh, trouble and we've been working with the company that we, that issues um, our app and things through it with uh, going live through our app. We're supposed to be live now. I'm not sure if we are, but we, we do have an app. And the reason that we have an app during our time away, we worked on that is because I know on places like Facebook and those places like that, and uh, I'm not so much as concerned about them not liking what I'm saying. Uh, we know that they have um, since late 2020, early 2021, they've begun to put the brakes on putting <clears throat> our content in front of people. And we know that because of the numbers and how the numbers went from being over 100 views in any one of our service, multiple people live in the service to uh, the very next week being dozens. <clears throat> and so we did an app and that is available. Just let us know if you want us to send you the link. There's, there is so much content uh, available during the app. I wish I had another phone here right now. I could show you via the camera live. Uh, but also I just wanted to make you aware that also tomorrow at 8 p.m. I will be ministering to um, a group of intercessors in a ministry in Frankfurt, Illinois. This ministry is called Hightower International Minist Prayer Ministry. It is led by the director is a dear friend of our family and <clears throat> she is wanting to take a couple of weeks sabbatical. She just wants to sit back and there's a prayer ministry that we, my wife and I have partnered with for um, a couple of years. They host, they, they host weekly prayer time on, I believe, every Friday. They have multiple guest speakers that will come during that time. But once a month, they do a 24-hour, <clears throat> or excuse me, a night of prayer, all night of prayer. And my wife and I have had the privilege of partnering, partnering with them for a couple of years now, usually on uh, most months, we've had a few months that we missed taking the 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. slot, ending off the night. And so tomorrow I have the privilege and the honor, as I've done before, of ministering to this group of intercessors who just love the Lord. And that's at 8 p.m. There will be a Zoom call for that, but we will also be showing that live over our website, uh, our YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, etc. It will be live. So that will be 8 p.m. And then I just wanted to make you aware that our Sunday services, we will begin to start showing those live again uh, this coming Sunday, January 1st. Uh, we will not have them open necessarily to the public just yet. We're not ready to do that just yet, but we are having wonderful over the last month what we've called family talks around the fear of the Lord <clears throat> and so we will start that we have prayer that starts at 9 30 on Sunday an hour 45 minutes to an hour of prayer 
and then worship and, and the word right after 1030. And then next Friday, once again, I'll be hosting and leading the prayer group in Frankfurt, Illinois. I'll minister, but I'll also kick off the night of prayer. And I will also close the night of prayer at 5 a.m. to 6. So just wanted you to be aware of that if you would like to join us at any one of those times. And if nothing else, keep us in prayer as we come out of this season of sabbatical running for King Jesus. It is that hour and it's that time where more than ever, we need to run like we've never run before to declare his glory, to lift him up and give him honor in this hour and in this day. So let's pray and then we'll jump into what I believe is the assignment of the Lord for me, for us tonight. <clears throat> Father, we love you. and We honor you. We're so grateful that you've been so good to us. We're grateful for your faithfulness, your kindness, your mercy, your love. And we just ask right now as we sit at your feet that you would pour your oil out upon us, that you would refresh us, that you would renew us, that you would speak to us, that you would comfort us and counsel us and lead us into the depths of your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, excuse me. Usually at this time of year, oftentimes we are, let me fix my microphone, I can, raise it up. Oftentimes we're reflective <clears throat> over the year that we have just walked through. And we have two more, year, two more days in this year, in the year of 2022. And then we step into 2023. And if you live more closely by the Hebraic calendar, you know we are already in the new year. But oftentimes we are reflective. Paul tells us, and I'll open with this. In 2 Corinthians <clears throat> 13, verse 5, Paul tells us to examine ourselves as to whether we are even in the faith. No greater time than right now to look back over your days of this year before we step into the new year to say, have I been living in the faith? Paul writes, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Uh, test ourselves as to whether we have been walking according to his precepts. It is this Greek word, pistos. And for lack of time, this word, it, it means as almost like an operating system. 
you, you know, we have devices, <clears throat> phones, tablets, laptops, and they each have an operating system by which they work. If you have a Samsung, you know it has an Android operating system. Which means that when you open it up and start it, it will start a certain way and it will do certain things. If you have an Apple device, you know it has an iOS system, operating system. And when you turn it on, you know that it will respond and go a certain way and do a certain thing. You are well acquainted that you expect it to do this. Well, if we are believers and if Christ is in us, then there are certain things that you ought to see continuously that you know that the response from a believer, a true believer that you will receive, you know that they will respond or should respond a certain way because of the operating system by which they live called faith. And Paul says we are, we should examine ourselves <clears throat> to see if we are even in the faith. December 29th, 2022. If you look back over your year, there are two days left in this year. Are you living in the faith? If you were to be cross-examined, <laughs> if you were to sit before the King of glory, if you were to sit and allow him as David said, he says, examine my heart and see if there be any iniquity in me. If today, December 29th, this evening, <clears throat> if you were to be examined by our Lord, by our King, by our Father, would he say that you have been, that you have lived in the faith? We should do this yearly. <clears throat> we should do this monthly, weekly, to see if I am living that which I say I believe. And so that brings me to the passage of scripture and the place that we want to be. Several <clears throat> months ago, as I was reading through the Bible and I was finishing up, I hit this book, this little book, this one chapter long, right before the book of Revelation. Jude, the letter of Jude. And I got wrecked by one verse. 
and I could not shake it. And since that day in, I believe, September, I have been allowing this verse to shine a light upon my heart, to shine a light upon my motives, to shine a light upon the life I actually live. And I pray <clears throat> it will do the same for you tonight. Jude verse 3. And let me ask you a question as we begin. If you've seen the title tonight, maybe you have. It is contending for the faith. As we end this year, I want to ask you a question that has been asked of me, that I've asked of myself, that I've looked at every, looking at every aspect of my life, not as a, not just as a minister of the gospel, but simply as a believer. And it's this. Are you contending for the faith? And I ask that of you tonight. Are you contending for the faith? As we end off 2022 and prepare for 2023, are you contending for the faith? I did not ask you if you're contending in faith. And we'll read this passage in a second. No, not are you contending in faith, but are you contending for the faith? Every one of us will have a, pa a period of time. We will have moments over and over and over again where we are contending in faith where we are believing the Lord for something, where we are pushing through saying, Lord, we need breakthrough. We need you to step in for various things in our life. Oftentimes, they are purely selfish. Oftentimes, they are needed. Oftentimes, they are at the, uh, the being obedient to some request of the Lord and now we're in need of this to fulfill what he has required of us but not, this is not the question I'm asking are we contending in faith we all have done that we'll do that we contending for the health of a loved one for our own health we're contending for a new house or, or a financial breakthrough we're contending for this so for that no that's not this question Jude writes this <clears throat> he says I'll start in verse 1 Jude a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to those who are called 
beloved in God the Father. I am reading out of the New American Standard. I do have my New King James right here, but you know, I uh, <clears throat> I have read the New King James. I started in the King James like many others. And for the past 20 years, at least, maybe 22, I have only read the scriptures <clears throat> in the New King James. Yes, I've had multiple other translations. When I am studying, looking to get, get greater clarity, to help people understand more, <clears throat> But I have traditionally simply read it in the New King James. And then last year, or this year in 22, when I was preparing to read through the Bible once again, I wanted to read it in a different translation. I felt this tug to read it in a different translation all the way through, just so that I can see him afresh. Because sometimes we can do something for so long that we get so familiar with it and you know the scripture tells us that familiarity will can breed contempt we're so familiar with it oh yes I know that's there I've heard it so many different times that it no longer has the potency and the power inside of our own lives and heart and I wanted to see my Lord afresh and anew with a new set of eyes to have my heart set ablaze in a different way and so I did I went to the Bible store and anyone who knows my wife you can ask her I have a little bit of a problem uh, if I go into a Christian bookstore <clears throat> I'm hard pressed to not walk out without a book or a new Bible. And so I went and grabbed me a new Bible and I read it through and uh, my daughter just walked in. You want to say hi? Just say hi. Okay. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> but I, I read it through <clears throat> And then I finished there in September. And I still felt the tug of the Lord to get another translation. And so I did the New American Standard, and that's where I am now, to read it through in another. And so I got to this passage. My daughter wants to stay in here with me. My wife just grabbed her. Jude 3. I'll keep reading. To those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace. I like that. He says kept for Jesus Christ. Some of us think that the Lord is upset or disappointed with us because he is hidden us. 
But for many of you, I just want to tell you that he is not upset or disappointed. He has kept you for himself. He has kept you for the moment of his choosing to make you known and to release you and to send you out. He has not kept you hidden because he is disappointed in you. He has kept you hidden because he is jealous for you. To those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May the mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Here is the verse we're after. <clears throat> Jude writes, he says, beloved, while I was making every effort to write about, uh, to you about our common salvation. He says, I was going to write to encourage you, to commend you, and tell you how much we have in common as in our walk with and for the Lord. We like to gather. We like to come together and see all the things that we have in common in the Lord, and those are great, and they're needed, they're necessary. But listen to what Jude writes. He says, I felt it necessary to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. He says, I found it necessary. To encourage you and to make sure that you are contending, not in faith, but contending for the faith. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. The life of those who are sons and daughters of the king. The life that is spoken of, required given to us from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22, the life of Christ, the King, the life that the Father requires of those who are close to him, who are near to him. He says, I found it, found it necessary to write to you, to appeal to you that you would contend for the faith. Listen to what he says in the next verse. Verse 4. For certain persons. The New King James says certain men. Have crept in. Listen to this. Have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who turned the grace of God into licentiousness. The New King James says lewdness. And deny our only master, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I found it necessary to appeal to you to contend for the faith. Because there's false brethren. There are people who will line the pulpits. Paul warns us, he says, if any other person, even an angel, preaches another gospel to you than the one which we gave you, he says, consider them accursed. Jude says, there are other men, people, 
who have mixture in their gospel, mixture in their teaching, mixture in their life. And they've crept in unnoticed. Why have they crept in unnoticed? We're not contending for the faith. I'm going to show us a passage of scripture. About what happens when you no longer contend. But I want to give us this. This word right here. Contend. This Greek word means to struggle. Literally to compete for a prize. Figuratively it means to contend with an adversary. This particular word right here. It means to endeavor to accomplish something, fight, labor, fervently, strive, contend. Are you struggling? Are you fighting? Are you laboring for the faith? The reason it's important, especially in our day and in our hour, You know what is said about most Christians? People in the world often say, we know what you're against, but we don't know what you're for. We always hear Christians complaining about what they don't like and what they're against, but they rarely hear what we're for. It it takes me back to, I don't know about you, but I have a disdain and a dislike for a lot of political ads when it's those times of years and and seasons when people are up for re-election, whether it's local, on the government level, on the national, you know, or I should say local on the state government level, on the national they are ads that wind up smearing or attempting to smear the other candidate. And, and I can remember saying, I'm, I'm tired of these ads because I'm always hearing what you don't like about the candidate and what they're doing. But I just want to hear what you will do, what you're for. And sadly, amongst many of us as believers, We can let our voices be heard greatly for what we're against. But our voices are not necessarily heard enough about what we're for. Oh, we can hear the voice that we are against those alternatives types of marriages I know if I say it I might get flagged on both on multiple platforms that's why I created that's why we're on our page and the app we're against certain types of marriages but here's the question we must ask am I contending for my own marriage Oh, I can be loud and boisterous when I'm saying that I'm against this type of marriage being legal. 
yet I'm not contending for the faith that can be clearly seen in my own marriage. I'm not fighting for beauty, for holiness, for purity, for togetherness, for connectedness inside my own marriage. Yes, I am bold. I'm loud that I do not like this type of marriage, but yet my own marriage is in shambles because we are not walking and contending for the faith. We can be loud and boisterous about what may be taking place in school systems and other places with our children. But are we contending for the faith and willing to lay our lives down for our own children every day? And we say, but I go to work to do that. No, but are you willing to walk through every aspect of life with them daily? Am I contending for the faith? I find it interesting at times when my wife is speaking and she's all for homeschooling with different people. When people get upset as though she is throwing daggers at them because they have chosen to put their children or keep them in public schools. No, my wife is just excited and she's saying we've chosen not to just homeschool our children. We've made a choice to walk through life with our children. We've simply chosen in this way and we have the means. Not everyone is able to do that. But we have chosen to contend for the faith of our family unit. We have chosen because we've seen what it does. We've seen in our own lives what sometimes if we're not strong, what can happen to our children. And we've chosen to contend for the faith inside of our own children's lives and make sacrifices, do certain things just to walk through life with our children. Is it difficult? Yes. But one of the definitions I just gave of contend is to struggle, to labor. Will you be tired? Absolutely. But it's worth it in the end. The world is well acquainted and aware of the things we're against. But what are we fighting for? What are we contending for? And to be able to know what I am contending for and living for makes everything else simple. Because I have a reason for living on a daily basis. Jude writes that men, people have crept in unawares. They've turned the grace of God into licentiousness, lewdness. We know it in our day and time. We call it hyper grace. It's this idea that the grace of God will deal with everything and I won't I can live the way I want to live because of the grace of God all it means is no longer are we contending for the faith no longer am I contending for the life of purity and holiness that the Lord desires years ago I can remember 
several decades ago, somehow it began to be commonplace and accepted to not teach about holiness and sin from the pulpit because we said we didn't want to offend people who were not believers. We didn't even want to offend people who said they were believers and yet they were sinning because we were more concerned about having people in the seats than we were living purely, declaring the entire counsel of the word of God and living holy. Certain men being crept in with another gospel unawares and we stopped contending in Luke 19 verse 13 Jesus makes this statement to his disciples and he says it to us he tells us the last part of the verse to occupy until I come contend strive labor fight until I come. Oftentimes for many of us, we fight, we labor, we keep going. But when we don't see the movement and the motion that we want, we say, oh, I'm tired. I just want to go sit down. And the enemy is well aware. And he sends in men, women, people who look like us, who know the lingo, know the language. And yet, they have mixture and another gospel that they want to dirty up, pollute the purity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The purity of the life that he has for us. If you read anywhere in the scriptures, and I know uh, in the Old Testament, I should say, and for many people, this is offensive to them. But we must understand the nature, the heart of our father, who he is. When there would be those <clears throat> who sinned in the camp. And he says, you must destroy them. You must kill them. You must put them out the camp. Why? He says, so that the sin and iniquity amongst you would be put away. It would be put away from you. He says, so that you would be holy because I am holy. The only way that you can be with me, the only way that you can remain close to me is walking in holiness and purity, contending for the faith. And we, decades, stopped talking about sin in the pulpit. We stopped talking about holiness because we didn't want to offend anyone. We allowed another gospel, another truth uh, another lack of truth about grace to come in they made the grace of God he says this uh, in the new king james men who have turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only lord God and the lord Jesus Christ they turned the grace of God into lewdness meaning i can live however i want that word lewd it means to be cruel sexually impure and immoral it means I can live the life I want, but I can claim the grace of God. Are we contending for the faith in our life? 
contending for what Jesus died for, contending for what he came for, contending for what he is coming back for, a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. Revelation twenty two seventeen, it says the spirit and the bride say, come, are we contending to see him come? Are we contending in faith for our Lord to come? Contending for the faith. Are we contending for love? In this season, I have seen more hatred amongst people who say they're Christians than ever. I have seen more Christians put more faith in political party figures and desire a certain man to be president versus declaring the kinghood of Jesus Christ, declaring the kingdom of Christ. Are we contending for the faith? And mind you, I can remember in 2020 getting caught up in the elections and, you know, and everything that was taking place around the presidential election, getting caught up in it, wanting a candidate to be in and this, that, and the other. So much so that you begin to look at a candidate as though he were the savior when there's only one. Are we contending for the faith? Or are we simply contending in faith for our own political candidate? Are we contending in faith for our own agenda? Are we contending in faith for this? I can remember in 2020, there was more prayer in the body of Christ that took place than ever. And we were praying 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name. But for many of those people prayers I heard people say if there's a t-shirt company that I I really like apparel company I don't want to just call them a t-shirt company and they have a a clothing line it's about prayer and and theirs said 2nd Chronicles 714 pray but there's so much more to that verse that we were missing if my people who are called by my name and we say that and then we just jump over if they'll humble themselves and pray we just say pray but the verse says if my people who are called by my name it's the recognition that I'm called by his name when when traditionally when a man and a woman go to the altar to get married the woman gives up her father's name to take her husband's name and says, I will be called by his name. By your name, I give my life to you that you will care for me, that you will walk with me the way that my father did. You will walk with me. You will love me. You will protect me. I will be called by your name. We must recognize, he says, if my people who are called by my name, I belong to him. He does not belong to me. I am his. I am his bride. If my people who are called by my name. And he says will humble themselves. That is the hinge upon the entirety of the door swinging. 
Many of us were praying and contending in faith for something we wanted that may not have been what he wanted. Or it may not have been. He may not have wanted in the way that we did without humility. Remember, he says that God, the scripture says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Seek his face. It means it's all about him, not what I want. I'm not coming to you for my political candidate first. I'm coming to you for you first. They'll humble themselves. I bow in deference to you, knowing that there is one greater than myself. That there is no one greater than you. I am not equal to you. I bow before you for you are greater. Oh, seek my face. Oh, I look for you. Not what is in your hand first, what you can bless me with. No, I come to you for you. Many times we come to him for what's in his hand. And we never look to his face. If you don't look to his face before you look to his hand, it means you are living in pride and you have not humbled yourself. To you, he is more a sugar daddy than he is a Lord, a father, and a king of glory. Seek his face. Then he says, turn from your wicked ways. It means all of my ways. See, see we have these scales oftentimes that we in our mind oh that's not wicked I don't do that I don't do this but any way that is opposite to the purity of his way is wicked it is apart from what he would do it is wicked you can look through he tells Moses when Moses was frustrated with the children of Israel and he says they were complaining about not having water for themselves and their cattle and he says to Moses speak to the rock the first time Moses he did it Moses hit the rock this time he says he doesn't just tell Moses he tells Aaron speak to the rock Moses goes back and he looks to the people and he says you are hard-hearted you're stubborn you're always complaining he was upset and his frustration caused him to hit the rock now, let me tell you something. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron only in that instance. He did not speak to the other leaders. He did not speak to the children of Israel. He spoke to Moses. So Moses hitting the rock, the only other person who knew what the Lord said and that he should have been speaking was Aaron. And in Moses' disobedience and doing what he did out of frustration, the Lord still brought forth water. But he says to Moses, you didn't hollow me. You didn't regard me as holy in front of the people and simply do what I told you to do. They didn't even know the children of Israel however many it was at that point did not even know the elders and the leaders did not know 
But the Lord did. And he says, it's wickedness before me. You will not go into the promised land. You or Aaron. Anything opposite of him. If my people will humble this, themselves. The humility is the hinges on the door that causes it to open. Humility. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then pray. Pray. There are four things. And I saw more people praying. But maybe we were praying. Because we wanted a man to save us. And we forgot who the Savior was. We were no longer contending. For the faith. But we were contending for what we wanted in faith. We cried out, Lord, expose, expose, expose the negativity and the things that are going on. And the Lord has been on a campaign since then. And he's exposing industries. He's exposing government. He's exposing all these spheres of society for impurity. Where it's corrupt. But we're thrown off and we're like, what is going on? Because we stopped contending for the faith a long time ago. And we must come back to this place of the purity and the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And contend for the faith. Let me, I know I'm almost out of time. But I want to give us this example. He says here. Because in Jude, he also tells us, he goes on, he exposes false teachers in verses five on down. He gives a description of what they look like. He, he mentions all of these who are apostate or apostasy. That, that word apostate means an act of refusing to continue to follow, obey, or recognize. My daughter's back. She wants to be here with me today. He goes down and he reveals what they look like. Can I tell you that apostasy as well is abounding today. There's a mixture of gospel being preached in pulpits and places all over. Right here online. on All over the place. There's a mixture. And the purity has been removed. We have to come back to the simplicity of being sons and daughters who simply obey what our Father has told us to do. If we don't, in Jude, he tells us, I'll, I'll get over to this example, I'm almost out of time. In Jude, he tells us how to contend at the end and if I don't get there today, maybe, Lord willing, I will, next week, we'll pick up. But I, I want to, out of Judges, I want us to see this. In Judges 1 and 2, chapters 1 and 2, I'm just going to hit a couple of scriptures, but I want to read one other in Deuteronomy very quickly. Because it's important, this whole thing is about about the children of Israel possessing the land, the promise that they were given. Anything the Lord has promised us, there is going to have to be a, 
fight in order to possess it. He tells the children of Israel that the land that I am giving you, it is full of people, people groups who are not following me, who do not love my ways, who do not adhere to my mode of life. And he says they must be removed from the land. Listen this in Deuteronomy 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land where you are entering to possess it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. I have a teaching on this particular. These seven nations, they represent seven spirits as well, demonic spirits. Seven nations greater and stronger than you. They represent areas and 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 strongholds and demons that every Christian will have to, if you, you are called to the Lord, we're called that we will have to overcome in order to possess the promises that the Lord has given us. He says, and when the there's greater and stronger than you, and when the Lord, your God delivers them before you and you defeat them, listen to this, listen to this, then you shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them you shall make no covenant with them and listen to this show no favor to them furthermore you shall not intermarry with them you shall not give your daughters to their sons nor take their daughters for your sons and he goes on and on he says you are not to be like them you are not to live like them and I fear for too many of us today that instead of occupying we have become preoccupied instead of occupying the land that we have been called you know for many of us we are concerned with pulpits and stages and lights when the Lord is consumed with territory we are consumed with likes and hearts when the Lord is consumed with the overthrow of evil empires and his kingdom being established. We have become preoccupied with the wrong things when we have been called to contend for the faith. He tells them to contend, to utterly destroy every nation before you that will not and has not served me. And when you go through Joshua, you begin to see as they cross over and they're dealing, it says, and Joshua utterly destroyed them. Except with the one, the Girgashites, who, who, who played a joke on the nation of Israel and the Israelites they did not consult with the Lord about it and they kept them there and they became servants. It, you would see that they utterly destroyed and they dealt with and did what the Lord said. And then in Judges, it begins to say down here in chapter 1, verse 21. But the sons of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. 
They were supposed to drive all them out, have no covenant with them, show no favor to them. But the sons of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites have lived with the sons of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. Okay, let's go down. Because look at what begins to happen. Verse 27, but Manasseh did not take possession of Beth Shean and its villages or Tanakh and its villages or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages or the inhabitants of Ibelim, its villages or its inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. So the Canaanites persisted in living in the land. It came about when Israel became strong that they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but they did not drive them out. Verse 29, Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who were living in Gezer. So the Canaanites lived in Gezer among them. Verse 30, Zebulon did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalo. So the Canaanites lived among them and became subject to forced labor. Verse 31, are you getting a theme here? Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Akko or the inhabitants of Sidon or Alab. So, so the Asherites lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Now listen to this in chapter 2. Now the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you out. This is the angel of the Lord, but this is the Lord himself. I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And as for you, you shall make, listen, here it is again. You shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. And what is this you have done? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before from before you, but they will become as thorns in your sides and their gods will be a snare to you. Here's the point. At some point along the journey. They began to grow weary in doing well. Galatians 6, 9 tells us to not grow weary in doing well. Revelation, I think, is chapter 2, 2 verse 5. Jesus tells the church to continue on in the faith until he comes. Occupy till I come. Contend for the faith until I come. And oftentimes, we get weary in doing good. In Galatians, it says, for in due time you shall reap, right? But we get weary when we don't get what we want. But the Lord thought that you said you wanted him. The Lord thought that we said that he was more than enough. The Lord thought that walking with him and having eternal life was more than enough for, for him. But the children of Israel... They got weary and they said, well, we've driven all these other people out. Well, well, it's okay. They'll, they'll be okay with us. We, we say, you know what? 
a little mixture is okay. We don't want, we don't want people who are non-believers to feel bad. You, you know, because, you know, if we say all of these things in the scripture, then they're not going to like us. Then, you know what, they might not come to church. We, you know what, if we do all of these things and say all of these things, then you know what, we won't have many friends. We'll be alone because they all live like this. So, you, you know what, man, look at this. Look at these people who are sinners there. They seem to be prospering. You know, and so, well, maybe, maybe I'll just do a few things like them. Maybe I'll just accept and, you know what, the movies they watch, they seem to be okay. Oh, you know, all the things that they do, it seems to be, seems to be cool. It, it seems to be going well for them. And yet the Lord says, make no covenant with them for I am holy and I've set you apart to be a holy people. We have become comfortable with too many things that have allowed us to be preoccupied and not occupied. We have become complacent in too many areas because of what's around us and the things that we see. And, and, and we say, you know, we just want to make people feel good. I don't find anywhere in the scripture where the Lord says, I have come to make you feel good and to make you happy. Joy is for the believer. His joy runs deep in us. His joy is for us. But his joy is there even in the midst of difficult and harsh circumstances that if you walk with him, you will face. He's already promised us that. If we walk with him, if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. We haven't wanted to suffer persecution. Many of us say, that God wouldn't lead me into persecution. Well, Jesus said that if you live for him, you will. Philippians 1, verse 27 through 29 says, it has been granted to me and give me, I have been given the privilege to not only believe in his name, but to suffer for his name's sake. But we don't want to do that. And we say, the Lord loves me. It's another doctrine. If the Lord loves me, he wouldn't allow me to go through something like that so obviously that's not what he has it's another gospel so we've stopped contending in many ways for the faith saying I stand for holiness and purity no I will not do that let me give you one example I remember last year and then I will I know I'm out of time I remember last year in May of 2021, I was walking in the hallway of my house right outside our front door. I'm not sure what our family was doing, but it was one of those moments where I had this question rise up inside my heart, which I know it was placed there by the Lord so that I would ask him the question that he wanted me to ask so that he would give me the answer that would begin to propel me in the direction that he wanted me to go. And I was walking, praying in the spirit, walking, and I said to the Lord, what must I do to have another measure of your glory upon and in my life? 
And without hesitation, I heard the Holy Spirit say this. I want you to give up all sports for the next year. Now, all of my life, as far back as I can remember, I can't remember a time where I have not watched, loved, enjoyed, played sports. So at the time, <clears throat> you're talking about at that time, I was 49, I'm 50 now. 46 years, I don't know if you take go back to three, maybe five, five, 40 plus years of enjoying, being engrossed in, loving sports. And the Holy Spirit says to me, give them up, all of them, watching them, listening to any sports, just anything for a year. If I want another measure of his glory, there was his requirement. Oftentimes we think that the Lord does not have requirements for his love for us. Cost that he asks of us to pay. The Nazarite vow was a vow of consecration before him that he would pour out upon them. There is always a cost. Immediately, my flesh rose up. <laughs> And I said, Lord, are you serious? The NBA playoffs had just begun. The first round. It was May 28th or so. And my mind began to go through, okay, if maybe I'll start at the second round of the playoffs, I'll finish out the first round. And then immediately I thought wisdom comes. But if I do that, all it will do is become harder for me to do it because I'll want to see the third round. And then by that time, they will begin talk about the NFL. Training camps will be getting ready to begin. And I asked the Lord again, are you sure? Is this what you want of me? And he has already spoken, so he does not need to speak again. And I said, yes. And I fast the first seven days of every month. And so June was coming, June 1st. And I said, I will begin this complete sports fast along with my food fast. And I did. And what happened to me over the course of that year that I did not know that sports had a portion of my heart that the Lord did not. And he wanted that portion of my heart for himself. And I gave it to him. To where now, today, I enjoy sports, yes. But I don't love them. I enjoy them. But they don't have the same place in my heart that they did a year and a half ago. So now there's this other area of my heart that belongs to him that now I can contend for his faith. So that now I won't be so caught up like the rest of our world where I can't pull back when he's asking me to pull back and to come serve him, to come love him, to contend in the way that he needs.
And I don't know if tonight, my first night back with so many thoughts swirling, if I have laid this out this, the way that I've desired to and long that has been in my heart the way that the Lord wanted me to. But it's my cry that over these next couple of days that you, that I, we would examine ourselves to see what the faith inside of my life really looks like. To see have I been contending for. Do I know what I believe? Do I have something that I'm actually living for in the kingdom? Am I living for the return of King Jesus? Am I agreeing with Holy Spirit in a cry of Maranatha, come Lord Jesus? I want you to, oh man, I... I there's two passages I left. I wanted you to see what happened to Israel when they just stepped back from contending and they had this little mixture. We started allowing things in. Our church services began to be more about making people feel comfortable than making the Lord feel comfortable. We started tolerating certain behaviors and calling it love. Certain behaviors from ourselves, from people around us, from Christians and non-Christians alike, tolerating certain things. You know, I heard a story, it's a different time, that in the 50s, I believe in the 1950s, the Monday morning newspaper used to have sermon notes of various pastors over the city. Oh, different place and time. Now, media doesn't even want to see the name of Jesus mentioned. No. We haven't contended for the faith. We allowed prayer to be removed from school. It was I heard that during that time teachers used to openly lead prayer. No longer. We don't even want the name mentioned. We don't even want to see people praying over their food. We removed the Ten Commandments from government buildings, all of these things. And look at where we are today. Are we, are you, am I contending for the faith? Contending for what Jesus desires. Contending for what the Father has required of us. Listen to what happened to them. Judges 2. And when all of the leaders, Joshua and all of them, they began to die. Verse 11 says, the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They began to tolerate sinners, tolerate other people's false perceptions of God, tolerate people's idol worship, tolerate different things going on in their midst, tolerate it until this. They dealt evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Baal is a demon God. And you know what his primary assignment is? Is to pull nations away from serving God. 
the Father. Okay? And they forsook the Lord. They served Baal because they tolerated people who were into demonology, witchcraft, all of tolerated all of these people, tolerated their sin, gave license for it, gave excuses for it until they started serving Baal. And when Baal came in, he pulled them away. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among gods of the people who were around them. Listen to this, because when you see Baal in the Old Testament, you then see one other God who comes, demon God, who comes right after it, and it's Ashtoreth. So he forsook the Lord, served Baal and Ashtoreth. This female God often came with lewdness. She came with sexual promiscuity and all of these, you know, sexual things, perversion and perverse. So Baal comes to stop a nation from serving God. And Ashtoreth comes and digs the hook in and causes you to be perverse all throughout the land. It's what happens when we no longer contend for the faith. Prayer left. Every mention of the Lord is attempting to be wiped out from our face in our nation. And I just wanted to say tonight that we need every believer who has heard my voice tonight, who will on podcasting platforms. We need everyone to examine the scope of their life to determine whether you are contending for the faith. And I'm going to end with this this verse in Jude at the end. Jude writes, in the last time there will be mockers, we have mockers today, following after their own ungodly lust, we have them. They mock the name of Jesus and mock our faith while they go after their own ungodly passions. He said, these are the ones, and they're in the church, in the church. They're running churches. Some of the things that I've heard that are taking places in pulpits, in leaderships across. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly minded, devoid of the spirit. But look at what he says. This is how we build ourselves up that we are able to contend for the faith. But you, beloved, building yourselves up. See, we thought it was just a verse to encourage us to pray in the spirit. Do you know that praying in the spirit is a weapon of warfare? We read the scriptures of the armor of God and we talk about the armor of God but one of them we leave out it's a weapon we know the word is a weapon but it says in that passion in that passage of the armor of God praying in the spirit it's a weapon and Jude says it here but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the spirit then here's the second part 
of contending. How you go about contending. Praying in the spirit. Keep yourselves. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Praying in the spirit. Living in the love of God and waiting anxiously for his return. Contending for the faith. If I can keep myself there, it will strengthen me to walk out what I must, what I need, what he wants me to do. If I am consistently and constantly praying in the spirit, then I am praying his perfect will, not only for my life, but for those around me. And I am praying his design if I am keeping myself in the love of God I don't have to run a risk of simply saying what I'm against but people looking in my life and not seeing what I'm for saying I'm against child sex trafficking but I'm not protecting and loving and, and rearing my own children properly that I'm against homosexual marriage but I'm not even building and strengthening and keeping my own marriage in the love of God and then waiting anxiously if I keep myself in this place of waiting anxiously for the return of the Lord I won't grow weary because I have something to look forward to John 1 John 3 tells us that we are to keep ourselves in this hope that he is to come he is coming. And if I live there, I will contend for the faith. But if I walk away from it, I will say, what's the point? There are mockers. There are scoffers. There are witches. There are warlocks. There are people warring against the faith all over. Where are our leaders? Where are our sons and daughters? Where are fathers and mothers who will contend for the faith? Where are we? Who will say I will hold to his way. I will declare it. No matter what is done to me. That is what I want to leave you with this year. With our first time being back on. Live in a few months. I want to encourage you. And myself. The body of Christ. To contend for the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ I was created for him not the other way around and there is a contending a striving a struggle a laboring that must take place no matter where you are in life how old you are what position in the mundane things of your everyday life contending for his way in his way only no matter what is taking place around you let the world call you weird it says that he takes the base the foolish things of the world to confound the wise no matter what they think of you I had a conversation today it's interesting I was talking to an individual about the Lord he was an he was an adult, adult male Happened to meet him for the first time. Met his father. His father loves Jesus. Mother loves Jesus. But he really doesn't. And I had no idea. 
but I was talking to him about the things of the Lord and I did not care. Wasn't until after that I found out the position where he was standing and I do not care what he thinks of me. We have cared more about what people think that's mixture than what the Lord has thought of us. We have tried to make people more comfortable than ever making the Lord comfortable in our lives. If you go about making the Lord, making your home conducive for the Lord, there will be changes that must take place. If your life is going to be conducive for him to come, there will be changes that must take place. And I don't care where you are in ministry, where you are in your walk with the believer. There is more that he has for you, but he will not give it if you don't come up higher. We must contend for the faith. And I will stop there because I will keep going. Let's contend in 2023. Let's say wherever I am, whatever sphere of influence I am in, I will contend that Jesus has that place. I will contend that Jesus has my home, that he has my marriage. I don't care how rough, how difficult it has been, but I will contend for the faith inside of my marriage, in my children's life. I will attend school functions, uh, uh, PTA meetings and contend for the faith that he had, Jesus has first place in the school district that I live in the industry I work in that he will have first place. I will contend for the faith there. I will contend for my eyes that they are pure. So I won't watch certain things anymore. You know, I canceled Netflix in my family's house long before you know, controversies began to creep up years before it happened because I was contending for my eyes, for my children's eyes and their heart. Let's contend today. Though we have social media, let's not become preoccupied with its filth and its foolishness, but let's contend for the faith of Christ. It's an industry, but let's make it holy and pure where we are. Let's contend. In this hour and in, in this day contend for the purity of our ears and what goes in and goes out contend for the purity of my lips that there is no idle word spoken that there is that is spoken of in Philippians coarse jesting crude jokes contend for the faith I can remember when I used to work at places and I'm trying to stop when I used to work and I remember working with individuals and they were unbelievers and they were crude. I would not laugh with them. I remember them looking at perverse pictures and things and asking me if I want to see and I say, no, I do not. There is a contending that must take place in every area of our lives if we want to see Jesus come and pour himself out where we are. And I pray that for 2023, it will be your desire. And that's what you will seek and that's what you will do. Amen.
Amen. Well, I pray that you receive something from that tonight. I pray that it was a blessing to you. And I just want to wish you, from my family to yours, from all of us here at the Father's House Frisco, from the Tate family, from my wife and my children, we want to wish you a happy new year. And we just pray and speak over you that this year for you will be like none other. We pray for you that you will walk into a depth and a level with the Lord that you did not even know was possible. That your heart will be surrendered. That your life will be completely committed to him. That you will walk with him in ways you've never done before. We pray for you that 2023 will be the beginning of it said about your life. The epitaph of your life that you walked with God. As it said of Adam, he walked with God in the cool of the day. As it was said of Abram, Abraham, he walked with God. As it was said of Enoch, he walked with God. May it be said of you in 2023 and moving forward that you walked with God. That every facet of your life that is God-breathed, he can be seen upon you. That his beauty pierces out of your eyes that the sound of his voice is heard within your voice, that he is felt with your touch, that everything that you do, God is upon because you have surrendered all of you for him to contend for his way of life. May his kingdom draw near to you where you are in this year moving forward. May miracles, may signs, may wonders break out. May the new wine be opened upon you in this new year. And no matter the turmoil and the things that are taking place on the outside, inside your home, Goshen exists. The purity, the peace, and the joy of the Lord surround you. We pray for a new day for you, your family, your loved ones. We pray for wayward sons and daughters to come back into the fold, to surrender their life to him. We pray that there will be a new ignition of life in your family we pray that family members you have long prayed for to come to Christ begin to come to him in droves surrendering on fire for him we pray that for you in 2023 we pray that his mercy will cover you his love would surround you in Jesus name well bless you I thank you for joining me tonight and I thank you for those of you who will listen on replay who will watch the video on replay we love you we're grateful for you and we're grateful to be back before you this thursday evening god bless you and remember tomorrow evening 8 p.m i will be ministering again we look forward to the days ahead and happy new year to you and to your family we'll see you soon bye-bye